0: Learning that the company borrowed from old rivals like WCW is one thing, but they've also nabbed a ton of content from themselves. What is pro wrestling if not an infinite loop of samey moments, perhaps only viewed as unique because of the performers involved? Or because younger fans didn't see the originals years ago. So with all that in mind, I am Gareth from What Culture Wrestling, and here are 10 ideas WWE blatantly stole from themselves. Number 10, Bailey and Sasha Banks equals Lay Cool. Sasha Banks and Bailey went on a tear throughout the close set pandemic days of 2020. The real-life pals were visibly having a ton of fun on TV, and both enjoyed the chance to cut lengthy promos without fans chiming in with archaic, unwanted chants of what every two seconds. Their dominant, gold-winning spree has been likened to the two-man power-trip work of Steve Austin and Triple H in 2001. That is fair, but fans had witnessed a tyrannical twin prong female tag team before. Oh yes, Sasha and Bayley were a modern update on Michelle McCool and Layla. They were just better in-ring workers, really. Both generally carry themselves as bullying sorts who'd rub their own success in the faces of fans and rivals alike. It's exactly what McCool and Layla did a decade or so before Bailey and Banks were working their mid-Thunderdome-era magic in front of LED screens and fans locked down back home. Number 9. The But Who Won Royal Rumble Finish Trying to ignore old Vince McMahon with his torn quads. He was only there to try and fix the mess John Cena and Batista had created at the 2005 Royal Rumble. Incredibly, they'd gone to an almost identical finish to the worked one between Bret Hart and Lex Luger back in 1994. What happened next sans Vince was an on-the-spot repeat of the past. Hart and Luger had carefully mapped out their dramatic ending in '94, but Batista and Cena had simply messed their own plan finish up and caused untold havoc at the end of a major, pay-per-view. What a disaster. Christ knows who was the one to start mimicking 1994 by lifting both Batista and JC's hands. Meanwhile, McMahon was camped out on the canvas in a lot of pain and was hilariously fuming about the whole debacle. What's your favourite closing stretch of a Royal Rumble match? Is it this hilarious cow crash? Or something else? Well, let me know in the comments section down below. Number 8. The Un-Americans Equals The Heart Foundation Reportedly, the Un-Americans didn't feel comfortable with being anti-American. Bruce Pritch has revealed via his podcast that the gimmick was doomed to fail from the get-go due to reservations from members like Christian and Lance Storm, and WWE ended up cutting the Un-American faction short before it really got going, which is a bit of a shame really. WWE's 2002 rework was basically the heart Foundation from 1997, or at least an attempt to tap into that same patriotic hatred for anybody who questions the good ol' USA. It would have been interesting to find out just how far creative fancied taking this. Keep in mind, he was already a wild year creatively, so things might have got out of hand rather quickly. Nobody would ever find out, though, because the guys working this gig simply didn't want to be the Hart Foundation 2.0. Number seven, the champs walk out and a title is disputed. CM Punk enthusiasts will likely enjoy this comparison to Shawn Michaels, so here goes. In 2011, Punk beat John Cena at Money in the Bank, then blew a kiss Vinnie Mac's way and walked out with the WWE title. The promotion moved swiftly to crown a new champ, before Punk returned with his original belt and disputed that. Sound familiar? Michaels walked out on the then-WWF in 1993, albeit due to a real-life suspension, and Razor Ramon became the new Intercontinental Champion. The problem? Sean still had his belt, and he returned waving it around and claiming to be the true IC champion. This all resulted in that hot ladder match at WrestleMania 10. There, the federation crowned an undisputed intercontinental champion. In 2011, Punk's return meant he'd wrestle fellow champion Cena to thrash out who deserved to be undisputed. Punk's walkout, return, and blow-off match was definitely somewhat reminiscent of Michaels versus Razor from 1993 to 1994. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, is it? Both of them absolutely rocked. Number 6. LOD Gets A Third Member Like Demolition Bill Eadie's flagging health spelled trouble for Demolition's longevity on WWF TV in 1990. Management liked the gimmick, so they introduced Crush as a younger third member with a view to eventually having him replace Axe full-time. Then in 1998, they did the same thing with the Road Warriors. Admittedly, there was a twist though, Draws joined LOD 2000 in '98, but the WWF presented him as someone who was happy to oust Hawk from his position alongside Animal. Regrettably, the company also worked in Hawk's real-life alcohol addiction issues, before Animal and Draws plodded on for a while as the new Legion of Doom. Perhaps someone in the writers' room thought Crush joining Demolition had been a rip-roaring success. That's the only explanation for why anyone would try this sort of younger replacement idea again. especially with one of pro wrestling's most cherished double acts. Worse, though, WWE then tried this again by sticking John Heidenreich in as Animal's partner between 2005 and 2006. Number 5. Someone Gets Drenched in Piss We interrupt this broadcast to bring you some Vinnie Mac toilet humour. Yay! Vince McMahon was soaked in Shawn Michaels' urine on the 13th of March 2006 episode of Raw. It was a comedic moment, apparently. One that desperately tried to cling on to McMahon-related comeuppance from the Attitude days. 14 years later, and it was Sheamus getting getting drenched in kayfabe pee. He demanded that Jeff Hardy provide a urine sample for drug testing, then took a mouthful of the yellow stuff right there inside the ring on SmackDown. Such sports entertainment silliness was a total rehash of what had come before. However, knowing McMahon's predilection for toilet humour, it's actually a surprise more workers haven't been soaked in Wii over the years. Number 4. Anti-Authority Rebels Being Arrested WWE struck gold when Becky Lynch morphed into The Man in 2018. Fans adored her stone-killed vibes and cheered Bex on as she rebelled against, well, everything. At one point, Lynch even found herself arrested after run-ins with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. The eventual scene that played out, with Becky ranting as she was cuffed slash marched up the ramp, was a near-perfect recreation of Steve Austin brilliance from the Attitude Era. Images of Austin continuing to rebel despite being in handcuffs have become iconic, and WWE surely hoped for another slice of history by booking Lynch to do the same. It worked an absolute treat. minded WWE lifting from the past and borrowing one of Stone Cold's most famous moments to try and make Becky look even more like a badass. Number 3. The World Heavyweight Championship It is rather weird to think that WWE's previous World Heavyweight Championship was just the WCW World Title without that branding. Eric Bischoff handed the thing to Triple H in 2002, with little in the way of explanation. So at least WWE ran a tournament for the new one in 2023. This new belt is still along the same lines, though. The company simply slapped a big WWE logo in the middle of the belt's design, which definitely split opinion amongst fans and claimed it's a brand new championship. This is the second time they've introduced a World Heavyweight title suddenly without any real warning too. Bizarrely, there's another parallel between now and 2002. Roman Reigns is the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, and Brock Lesnar was running around as undisputed champ when Bish handed a belt to Triple H 21 years ago. That undisputed tag doesn't really work when there's another the world champion to dispute it though. Damn company doing stupid things when they should have just finished the story. Number 2. The Brothers of Destruction Get Doppelgangers It is brutal to think that the Undertaker vs. The Underfaker main event at SummerSlam 1994 was supposed to be longer. Bret vs. Owen Hart went long inside a steel cage, and that forced WWF officials to shave time from the doppelganger disaster. WWE liked the idea of doppelgangers doing battles so much, they decided to do it again though. 2006, an unmasked Kane was confronted by his masked former self. Then, Kane vs. Kane was booked for Vengeance 2006. And everybody wondered if Vince McMahon had forgotten how crappy Taker vs. Faker was in 94. But he obviously didn't think it sucked. Kane vs. Kane was as lame as its predecessor. Shocking, I know. Luke Gallows, who played the role of the quote-unquote original Kane, and fans just didn't give a toss about what they were seeing. Look out for Bray Wyatt vs. Bray Wyatt in 2023, people. Hey, it could happen. Number 1. Rhea Ripley is Mamacita it's important to note that there are clear differences in presentation between Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio compared to China and Eddie Guerrero. The latter pairing was clearly portrayed as a comedic bit, whereas the Judgment Day members have some other stuff going on. In short, they're having a wonderful time trolling everyone. Rhea's "I'm your mommy" T-shirt is a direct lift from Guerrero's "I'm your puppy" merchandise. Also, the way Dom calls Ripley Mammy is similar to Eddie calling China his "mamacita" back in 2000. All in all, it's rather obvious that. WWE is having a right blast teasing that Rhea and Dominic are this generation's China and Eddie. Why not? It's getting a reaction from audiences, and he's also fleshing both characters out successfully. Do not be surprised if WWE continues paying homage to the past by going further with this comparison too. He might as well. Mammy forever, and long may Dom Dom be booed out of buildings around the globe. And that's our list. Know of any other ideas WWE blatantly stole from themselves? Well, let us know all about them in the comment section right down below, and don't forget to like, share, and click on that subscribe button while you're down there. Also, if you're a fan of this sort of stuff, then please, please head on over to whatculture.com and find some more fantastic articles just like the one this video you're watching right now is based on. I've been Gareth from WhatCulture Wrestling. Cheers for checking out this particular video today. Now go and check out some more WhatCulture Wrestling brilliance on their channel and have yourself the best of days. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.